to connect your faith to your everyday life. Welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about cross-generational relationships, particularly with the context of church and those that are Christian. But one of the things that we all know and love to hear about is the different generation in our life. Oftentimes I've heard millennial used to describe anybody under the age of 40. I've actually it, realistically, I've heard millennial used to describe a much bigger gap than that. I, yeah, I've, I've been called a millennial before, even though I'm not. <laughs> you, you, you're like me. You're on the cusp. Uh, we, we hit that weird middle area. But there are a number of generations that are represented within our church. And I'm just going to try to give you some basic breakdowns of them so you can kind of visualize. Uh, there's going to be a link in the comment or in the description that will give you a little bit better detail to it but clocking in at the oldest generation the silent generation uh that's going to be anybody that's 75 and above for the most part then we have the boomers uh we are not going to be mean to boomers today they are loved members of our group but that's going to be anybody over 58 we're not going to be saying okay boomer that was Weird phase that Gen Z and millennials took up. <laughs> Gen X, which is often a kind of forgotten generation in between boomers and millennials. You're looking at anybody 40 to 55-ish. We have millennials. What was that? I was just going to say, so about your age. <laughs> what are you, one of my students calling me old? Oh, sorry. It was too easy, too easy. Go on. Millennials, anybody that's over the age of 26 to about 41-ish. Gen Z, which is the generation of... My, right now, it's mostly our teenagers up to about 24-ish. Uh, the, the millennial and Gen Z, those have not had as much time to really like cut their exact corners correctly. Uh, you have a lot of weird influences going on but each of these generations is really just a way to kind of group worldview large in part people in these different generations have a set worldview that's going to be developed between their own home life and world events so for millennials a large formative worldview event that happened was 9 11 that shaped a lot of everything that goes on as they were growing up because they they saw it anywhere from uh, being a teenager to a small child. It's the idea of growing up and having the word terrorist in your vocabulary from like you know four or five years old. It's kind of a kind of a shaping event in your life, right? And you have many other world events, and we could probably get really in the mud on on those, but. As a whole, we have these categories. Sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. But they help us to recognize that, hey, we all come from a different perspective just in life alone. One of the great uniting factors, however, is you know, if we are Christians, we have a foundation, a common foundation of Jesus Christ to build upon together. And if we got that foundation together, 
we're we're going to be able to build higher and make some real good bridges here. So the the verse that comes to mind here is uh, Galatians three twenty eight and twenty nine. Um, a lot of people are familiar with this passage, but it's this idea that in Christ there is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. Uh, what was the other one? Male nor female. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so basically, it's this idea that in Christ all these boundaries that we put up between ourselves, they're torn down. Uh, And I'd say for this, uh, for this conversation, the same rule really applies. You know, we want to put boundaries between our generations. Well, oh, I'm a Gen X, I'm a Gen Z, Gen Y, whatever we are. We want to put these boundaries up, but Christ looks at us and says, no, what you are more than any of those things is you're my children. You're my sons and daughters. That's, that's who you really are. Uh, and so this kind of, with that in mind, um, leads us into the discussion of cross-generational relationships. You know, we want to put up boundaries. That's just naturally what we do as people. We want to be around people who are just like us. Uh, white people tend to congregate around white people. Uh, Koreans congregate around Koreans. Spanish-speaking people congregate around Spanish-speaking people. Older around other older people and younger around other younger. We just, we find people who are like us, that share our interests, that share our culture, that share our language. But there's really a need for us to break down that age barrier. I mean, all barriers need to come down. But this week specifically, we want to talk about the age barrier and the the need for cross-generational relationships. Uh, So, Will, just briefly, why why are cross-general relationships important for the church? Why do we need to have those uh, as Christians? I think there's a huge need to understand that we can all learn something from people that are older than us. And also, we can all learn something from those that are younger than us. And make sure that we we have that as a two-way street. We can learn from those that are older and younger, and we can learn together, and we can grow together, and it can be a very beautiful thing. We're all part of the body of Christ. That means that just because you're younger doesn't mean you're lesser. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're lesser. We all come together uh, Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whenever there's an event, like we come together as a body of Christ and we're all called to to be together, to serve together. And there's something beautiful that happens when we all come together like that. Because when we have events and we can all serve together, hang out together, laugh together, bless people together, there is something beautiful that happens there because we, we create this like holistic community that, there's friendships across generations. There's older people that are concerned about younger people and wanting to make sure they're being taken care of, they're provided for, and they're getting the best advice that they can offer. You got the younger people that are like, oh, you need help with this? Oh, I can totally come and do that. I can totally help you move. I can help you do these things. And sometimes it's just good to have people to sit and learn some wisdom, learn about the world. What What's different these days and how you grew up first, how I grew up. Because even my age to my students' age right now, there, there are differences, and that's not a bad thing. It just is. And instead of being afraid of these differences, I think we need to embrace them and say, hey, let's, let's learn from each other. And I'd add, too, that it's not just about the differences between the generations, but also it's important that we discuss the similarities. 
because there are some things that are just kind of part of the universal human experience and we need we need help navigating that especially for the younger looking up to the older um you know maybe every generation has its different identifying events that shaped their generation but everybody needed money they needed food they needed purpose you know there's there's all these different things that like everybody's gonna go through it relationship stuff maybe the specifics of what relationships look like will change over the years but like relationships have been a part of humanity since adam and eve that you know i mean we know god made us to be in relationship and so uh, you know there's just certain things that are shared across generations we have to be able to share those too um you know when i when i think of this like why the cross-generational relationships are important um there's a song by casting crowns called city on the hill and basically the song is the story of two old men. They're sitting on a bench and one of them starts telling the story of the city on the hill, which was like this great shining city uh, that fell apart as everybody one day walked away. And the reason that everybody walked away is because they got caught so much in their boundaries and in their device, their divisions that they didn't realize that everybody had something to offer. And that it was really the the collective total that made it a great city, not any one group. Um, but there was one line in particular that stuck out for this topic was that it was the fire of the young ones and it was the wisdom of the old. And so the reality is that youth, not just like children, but youth, young adults have more energy and more strength. It's just, they just do. And that's not, that is not at all a dig on older people. I know, Will, your back is failing you. You, you young adults. <laughs> Will's over here complaining every day about his creaking knees and stuff, but. Oh, man. 26. It's hard. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it in a few months, so. Um, <laughs> so the, the reality is, though, that younger people, they, they have more energy. They have more strength. Uh, they also, in general, not always, are a bit more passionate, a bit more idealistic, because as younger people, they've had less reason to become callous, to become jaded. They've had less life experiences that might make them lose that, that youthful idealism, that youthful passion. Um, but the thing is, as much energy and passion as young people can bring to the table needs to be balanced with the experience and the guidance that older people can offer because you know as a 25 year old i've only got 25 years of life experience but if a 75 year old is there that has literally three times the life experience of me they may not be able to physically do the things that i do but they may be able to guide me in how to do it better um another thing that comes to mind is uh proverbs 22 6 which talks about basically raise up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And so it's this idea that so much pain can be prevented in our lives uh, as young people. If we knew, if we could learn from other people's examples, you know, it's that idea of like, you can learn not to put your hand on a hot stove one of two ways. Either someone can tell you and you can learn from their experience or you can stick your hand on the hot stove. 
And sometimes, you know, there's some things in life you just got to learn by doing it. Sometimes you got to get the scar. You got to, you got to touch it for yourself and go, oh man, that kind of sucked. But man, how much pain could be prevented if we had an older person that was there to guide us? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I have firsthand witnessed the, and and, I mean, at that point you have to understand that like you, you gotta be teachable in that moment as well. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I think of this, I think of when I was in middle school and I was maybe, maybe high school, but boy scout camping trip, we had this cast iron skillet oh, no. and it, Ben, you've handled cast iron before. Like it, it's yep. a little bit heavier than your average skillet, right? Yeah. That's why Samwise yeah. used it as a weapon against orcs. Exactly. And we're, I'm telling this, this young kid, he was in sixth grade and, yeah, so I, I think I was in eighth grade or, or ninth grade. I'm like, hey, bud, wait until you got both oven mitts to move the cast iron skillet. You're not going to be able to get it with one hand. I have trouble getting it with one hand. He did not listen. He did not wait. He grabbed it with one hand, tried to lift it up. And uh, he found out very quickly how hot cast iron gets because he had to brace it with the other hand and... Oh, it's awful. We like take this kid and we're like, dude, why didn't you just listen? Like we were all telling you just wait, but got to be teachable. Got to be ready. So (laughs) this, this, this part was not at all scripted, but I, I feel like cast iron is designed as a tool to teach life lessons. Um, I had my own experience with cast iron as a child my mom had a little cast iron skillet and it was great for making grilled cheeses. So one day I'm sitting there and I'm making a grilled cheese and I notice, ah, it's burning. So thinking that cast iron is like a regular pan, I just reach over and grab the handle and learn very quickly that, um, cast iron all gets hot. (laughs) It's not just, not just the pan. Um, so I put my own hand on the hot stove there and I learned no. the lesson, but it would have been much better <laughs> had an older For person been say, there and said, Oh, you don't want to touch that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean like that, it is important yeah. to have somebody there that can teach you these things. Yeah. Uh, we also had, had looked at like, you know, Proverbs 22, six, raise up a child in the way that they sh- shall go. And when, when they are old, they won't depart. Like this is a great little little concept because from from a li- religious standpoint, if you raise somebody well, you'd be like, hey, here is our our holy book, the scriptures, here's how we understand it, we how we navigate it, and you're gonna get a lot of traction with it and they'll understand it. They won't be pushed away by like some really common questions because they'll be raised up in a good way. Similarly, you raise somebody up in the way they should go, they won't get their first apartment and almost burn it down because uh, they put their hand on cast iron. And <laughs> it, it's a concept that goes beyond, right? Yeah, I, I would also add to this too, because we you know so far we're talking about why these are important relationships. And it's, it's mostly we're saying why it's important for young people. But uh, I want to make it clear that, like Will said, this is a relationship. It's supposed to go two ways. And it's important for older people too, because a lot of times as we get older, we have these big ideas, big dreams, big plans, things that we want to see happen, but we don't always have the energy to do it. 
And sometimes what you need is you need that youthful energy, but you can only get it from having younger people that you're in relationship with. Um, if you have no relationship with younger people, then you can have all the greatest ideas in the world. You can have all the wisdom and knowledge in the world. But if you can't share it with anyone, if you can't see it come to reality, then well, who cares? <laughs> well, and being around young people will keep you young too. That's true too. Also, yeah, young people remind us that sometimes you don't have to take life so seriously. You know, as adults, we just, we can't fathom the idea of pouring a bucket of slime on ourselves just because, but I feel like that's a common, like, you thing is at some point there's some kind of slime related event and the kids are just like, yeah, let's do it. Fear factor night. We're going to just eat random stuff that youth pastor threw in a bowl. I've not done this to my kids. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. But I very distinctly remember kids having eggs broken on their heads, ice buckets poured on them, all sorts of that stuff growing up. It just It's just a good reminder to be around young people and realize life doesn't have to be so serious. Sometimes you can just be a goof. It's okay to be a goof. It's good to laugh a little. So, so Will, I, before we get stuck on this forever, because I, I know just we can go back and forth. We have a timer running sometimes, and I, I have to remind myself to look at it. But... Uh, Let's move on and, and talk about why is it then, if we can recognize that they're so important, why are the relationships so hard to have? I think the, the first answer there is that usually the things that are good for us are hard. There's so much that is healthy for us that we just find challenging. And I think part of that is just what I talked about a little bit at the, the beginning is we are different from our generations like we are all one in christ but we have had very different world world views develop we have different ways that we perceive the events going on around us that's not a bad thing but it's different and often we can be challenged by those things that people perceive differently than we do you know we've had different experiences too i, I mean the reality is we grew up in a world where uh, we we kind of saw the transition of everything kind of being iPhone, smartphone, you know, re related, uh, oriented. That's what I'm looking for. So it's like everything shifted into your phone and we've watched yeah. that transition happen. Um, whereas there are people who are alive today that sent telegrams mm -hmm. that learned Morse code to communicate during a war you know, that's, that's massively different life events. Um, so yeah, that, that, that makes it difficult too. Yeah. And part of it is recognizing that, yes, even though we, we perceive things a little bit differently, we look at things a little differently. We have a different perspective, making sure that we realize like, that's not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I've had plenty of opportunities to sit down with uh, people older and younger than me where something seems super big when in my eyes, I'm like, it's really not that big a deal to them. It is, but it's trying to understand like, why, why is that important to you? Um, and why is that not important to me? <laughs> it really does help us learn a little bit about ourselves as we go through it yeah. and realizing that honestly, a lot of the differences we have and how we perceive things aren't really big divisive things for the most part we in general have a lot more in common 
than we have in difference. Like we're all out here living life, trying to be people on this big marble. Like we all out here live in the human experience. I think I'm oh, sorry. I was going to. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think they're hard? Well, I, I was actually, before I got into my thoughts on that, I was actually going to say, I think you really hit on something big there um, with the idea of asking, why is this so important to me? Uh, you know, cause a lot of times if you ask people the, like, why is, you know, such and such a behavior or such and such an item in your life so important? Um, I think a lot of people would say, I don't know. That's just always how it's been. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that's that's yeah, that's that's big. That's a good question to be asking yourself when you find yourself bumping up against those walls about like, well, I can't communicate with, uh, you know, Gen Z because they're just always on their phones. Why? Why is the phone such a bad thing to you? I don't know. We just right. never had them growing up. Or if you're, you know, Gen Z trying to communicate with someone older and you're bumping up into that, well, like, they just, I don't know, what's something. Gen Z complains about older people for. Uh, you got this. That's Will. a good question. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I I don't know, man, because most of my kids are pretty chill. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, like mo- most of our students, like my students at least, they don't complain about specific things. So just be like, you're old. Maybe maybe a, like, better, oh, a better a better word a better wording is that um, you know, if you're a younger person and you see something important to the older people asking why is it important to them you know but i i think i think that was a, a good question to ask I, I just wanted to touch on that i wanted to make sure we didn't just gloss over that but. You, you know i love a good introspective question every now and then mm, metaphysics. get us in our minds a little bit <laughs> so anyway but what i was going to add was that um a lot of two to the biggest reasons that these relationships are so hard is that uh it's pretty straightforward. You don't you don't need a Bible to tell you this. this is just reality. Older people often get frustrated because the youth don't understand. As an older, more experienced person, we just get frustrated when people don't understand. And because kids are younger, they're less likely to understand. They they just don't have the same life experience. They just don't have the same knowledge, the same wisdom. But on the other hand, youth often want to reject the boundaries that are being imposed on them by the older, wiser people because they don't understand the need for them. And so there's just this natural clash of like the older person saying, you can't touch the hot stove. And the younger person just doesn't understand why because they've never touched a hot stove. And it's like, well, you're keeping me from something here. You've got some kind of freedom you're holding back from me. And I don't like that. You know, to a degree that's, it's natural. It's supposed to happen. Actually, uh, in, in psychology, we talked about like the need for kids to, to a certain degree, uh, rebel against their parents. They have to form their own identities. They have to form their own views and things like that. But it makes it hard. It makes it really hard when you've got one person who says, I know things that you don't, and I'm irritated because you're not hearing me. And you've got the other person saying, you're telling me that you know things I don't, but how do I know you really know that? How do I know there's not some kind of ulterior motive here and you just, you know, want to keep all the great feelings of touching hot stoves to yourself? <laughs> you don't want me to have fun touching stoves. <laughs> oh. It weirdly enough, through that uh conversation there, you made me actually think of something that Gen Z 
I, I think I've heard a couple of complaints about this for older people. Um, I, it's a level of emotional intelligence uh, in like therapy. Yeah. Yo- younger millennials, Gen Z, like they're like, I want to go to therapy so bad. Everybody I'm needs so therapy. Right. Like it's, it's a good thing. And we, we support that idea. Like therapy is good. Uh, and I think that's something that, whether that's stigma of older generations or, or what, but like, I, I definitely think the mental health aspect and students and, and younger people and as a whole value that a lot more than some of the older people. Cause older people will be like, oh, just, just rough it, just get through it, just do it. Um, that, that, that would my, be my answer to that earlier question of like, what, what do young people just not get about older people? Does this like roughing it mindset? Sometimes that and, and yeah, generalizations and uh, I, I throw in another one is uh, why don't more old people eat Tide Pods? You know, that's a, that was a big question when I was in high school. Why are they out here? There, there's candy in the laundromat and they're just throwing it in the, in the washing machine instead of eating it. You know, you were, you were in high school when when the eating Tide Pods thing happened middle or high school, something like that. I was in college when that happened. There's no way you were in high school. I'm younger than you will. By a year. You're ancient. Anyways. Bro, I... So the real question here. <laughs> it's like a junior in college because I had to have that conversation with students on like my first night taking over as their youth pastor. Moving on before we get too lost in this. <sighs> Don't eat Tide Pods. Don't eat Tide Pods. No matter how old you are. So we know that cross-generational relationships, they are important. And, and and a very serious note, like we we do have to have cross generational relationships. Older people need to be reminded sometimes that you don't have to take yourself so seriously. Also, they can learn things like Will said about things like emotional intelligence and the importance of things like therapy and not always having to be so independent. Um, but it's hard. It's really, really hard to have these relationships with people who are so different than you, um, whether it's because of an age gap or something else. But but in this case, like it's a necessary one. It's a gap we have to overcome. And so the, the final question that we're left with is always how, you know, how do we break down this barrier? And I'm going to start off by just saying at the core of pretty much everything in life that involves other people it's communication. <laughs> communication is key in every relationship to making it work. And the same is true in making a cross-generational relationship between older and younger people work. Older people. If you are, if you are I don't know, in the, the top 50% of age bracket, please hear me. And the top, we're just going to, we're going to speak to two halves of people. I don't know. Older people have to listen to the needs and the perception of the younger. Rather than just telling them what it is they need or telling them what is happening to them, they have to be able to hear from the younger person's perspective. What do you think you need? What is it that you see is happening? Um, There has to be communication. It has to go both ways. And, And so while, yes, the older person can be a mentor, they can be a teacher, they have to be willing to listen. They have to be willing to understand their perception because the reality is even if you can see something completely differently, uh, ultimately a person is going to believe their own perception the most. 
And so you have to understand what they're perceiving to be true first before you try and change their perception. And I would... Did you have yeah, to this, say there? Yeah, this kind of goes back to something we've talked about previously. Uh, about, like, sharing your story it was the episode that we talked about it, but, like, you need to be invested and engaged in earn a right to speak into to somebody's life just a reality old young whatever we don't like to admit it but we do need to to earn that right to to listen first before we can speak into somebody's life just want to interject that episode 12 if you want to go back and listen wow shameless plug within our own podcast um but no, it's, it's a very good point. And I think that that also is important as I say this next part, which is that for the younger people, communication-wise, they have to be willing to trust and listen to the authority of the older person, to the wisdom of the older person. Now, that comes with relationship building. Um, the older person, you know, you need to show that you are a trustworthy and wise person. But for the younger person, be teachable. Be willing to listen. If somebody's older than you, don't just rush to reject it because, oh, well, you're just older than me. You don't understand what it's like to be my age or things are different now. Like, don't be so quick to reject everything just because it comes from an older person. You know, be willing to listen. Be willing to trust. And I, and I, I want to say I recognize that can be so hard for some people, especially if you've had that trust violated before. Um, just try again. Yeah. Always be willing yeah. to try again. Remember that even if you have had 150 bad experiences with 150 different bad people, there are 7 billion people in the world. Not all of them are that way. So when someone has yeah. proven trustworthy and they've they've done the relationship building with you, be willing to listen. Be teachable. Hear what they have to say. Yeah. I I, I would echo that as also to to that the older 50% make sure that you are truly invested, truly caring, truly involved and in not betraying their trust. Um, like there, there is plenty that when a, a child tells an adult, you, you have to talk about that with somebody else, but there's also a ton that it's like, they just needed to talk about a rough week. And that's, Maybe something they just need to talk about with you. Yeah. Yeah. We have days. We all do. Uh, make sure that you honor their trust in you as well. And that uh, th this has been a struggle for me is it's like, uh, especially with pastor's kids in general, Oof. they're very easy to be like, man, they were crazy today. And you go and tell the parents not really thinking of like, oh, yeah, like that's their parents. You're like, oh, that's somebody I work with. From my perspective, I was like, oh yeah, like kid was just a little, little wild, and then all of a sudden they they get in trouble for it. I'm like, okay, I know they were not that wild. They were being they were being kids. But it wasn't actually complaining directly about them to the to dad. I was trying to complain about kids being kids, and yeah, it was a pain in the butt, and we laughed about it afterwards, kind of thing. But yeah, in sure. Oh, you don't at least that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because in that moment to the to the younger person, even though you didn't mean to, you have now yeah. violated their trust. Yeah, I had to go apologize. I'm like, I totally did not mean for it to be like that. He just asked me how the night was. And I'm like, yeah, aside from some of them being a little rowdy, I'm like, 
and that's just kids being kids. Yeah. We, I learned from that experience. <laughs> um, I, I think another, another good how to, uh, and this is, this is really big again, both ways. If you want to build good cross generational relationships, take an interest in the life of the other person. So what I mean is that like, if you're an older person and you, you feel led to be a mentor to a younger person, regardless of what your age gap is, let's say you, you've got this teenager and you like, I could mentor this kid. The kid loves video games rather than bashing the kid because they play video games. Ask him about them. Ask him, ask him to talk about the games that they're interested in. Maybe you're not really a sports guy, but this young man that you are wanting to mentor, he is really into football. Go to his football game. Go go watch him in a game. Participate in their life. And if you're younger, uh, and this is something I can speak to my personal experience with this because it's really beneficial. If the older person has skills that you're interested in, or even if that you're not, maybe they just have a skill that you don't, ask him about it. Ask him to share with you. Uh, a good example that I always think of... Um, there was this couple that I worked with and and they were some of the greatest people that I've ever had the, the pleasure of knowing, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Kramer. <laughs> and, um, they were big time mentors to me. They were a lot older than me. I was a young kid. I was like 16 years old, but through them, through my relationship with them, I, I just helped them out with their, their house. You know, they needed yard work done. They needed the, the energy of a young person. <laughs> um, but through them, I learned things about, uh, you know, about how to use different tools and stuff. I know how to do a lot of construction and DIY stuff because of them. I was always really interested in outdoor stuff, but I didn't know how to do it. But Mr. Kramer, he taught me, you know, how to start a fire with a flint and a knife. And you know what? Maybe, maybe we don't live in a world where you need a flint and a knife to do things anymore. But he was just so happy to have someone that would listen and that he could pass that information on to, to keep the the tradition alive a little bit. Um, but they taught me a lot of different things about about tools, about life, about outdoor skills and survival stuff. And you know, it was just that we both took an interest in each other. And, and in return for me taking an interest in in their lives, they took an interest in mine. They learned about my hobbies. They learned about what I liked. And, uh, you know, when Christmas came around and when birthday time came around, they were always right there to invest in me and to, to get me something that showed me, like, we hear you, we see you, we care. Um, that, that taking an interest in their life is such a huge part of, of growing a healthy intergenerational relationship. Yeah, I, I joke that uh, in September of this year, Half of my my working hours, quote unquote, was going out to games because we I, I intentionally designed the the youth calendar to be like September start of the school year. We're just doing regular Sunday night stuff, so that way I could actually go out and and hang out with students where they were playing tennis, playing soccer, running track. Um, I, I I watched water polo for the first time. I didn't know kids played that still. They do. And <laughs> swimming is a winter sport up here. Make that make sense for me, aside from the fact that it's indoor pools. Uh, 
yeah, no, a little bit of confusion on my end when they were explaining that. But those little things of just showing up and being like, hey, we're here. Just want to hang out. Just want to see you do what you're doing. And we're proud of you. That means a lot to students. I remember uh, last year, uh, the last like school year, going to some plays and some students were just so excited. Like, oh, you came to see us? I'm like, you come out every Sunday night to come hang out with us. I, I can come out on a Friday night to come hang out with you guys and see what you guys are putting all your time and energy into. Because I think at, at the core of it, people want to feel appreciated for what they're doing. Whether it's sports, plays, uh, a hobby they, they have interest in. I know a great way with a, a lot of the older gentlemen, at least around here, say, hey, teach me about fishing. <laughs> you will get an endless amount of information and they will also yep. think you are the coolest kid ever because you asked about fishing. <laughs> Stay engaged as long as you can. Yep. Uh, by the end of it, you'll, you'll be going out fishing with him. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we want to, we all want to be appreciated. And that goes both ways from, from younger to older, older to younger, be involved. And keep in mind that like, I've seen this happen in some churches where as a whole church family, there, there becomes the old people and the young people. Sometimes there's this divide of a traditional service where in general, the older people go and a younger service, contemporary drums, all that. That's the young people. Them darn kids and their drums. It's, it's always the drum. Everybody's fine with guitars. But you throw in drums, mm -mm, too much. But no, we're supposed to be a whole church family. We can all come together during these things. It should be good and beautiful. And I remember at, at my last church, one of the most beautiful things was there was this, this older lady. Her name was Sue. And Sue was just the, the sweetest lady. She would always come in in her little walker and every year she was a, a snowbird. So she'd come down from New York for the winter and stay with us in Florida. And she would have a different color dye in her hair. Sweet little Sue, purple hair, red hair, blue hair. And it was the coolest thing ever to see all of the, the younger girls that were teenagers be like, Oh, she has dyed hair. And then they would go over and they'd talk to her and just, talk for the entire time before service starts about dyed hair. And then when she leaves to go back to New York for the summer, all the kids are like, Oh, where, where's Sue. And then when Sue comes back, Sue's like, Oh, where are those girls? They were such lovely girls. And it was just a simple friendship really didn't take much other than talking about a common interest of dying hair, but it was so cool to see the investment that they ended up having in each other and just being like, man, we, we enjoy being together. Yes, we're 60 years apart. We're still friends. It's a good thing. And the last thing uh, I, I really would add into this is encourage some kind of mentorship situation within churches. Any kind of mentorship situation is great. I know often uh, there's a tradition called, called confirmation that many churches do. 
that is a great opportunity for actual one-on-one mentorships between students and uh, those that are older. And those are great, beautiful things that we, we really should be encouraging any way that we just break down those bridges of, of age, of generation, of difference, like any way we can come sit around the table and talk. Beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I think, um, the only, the only thing I would add to all of this is, um, for the young people specifically, uh, as far as a, how can you contribute is remember good old one Tim, uh, first Timothy, as you might know him one Tim four twelve, it says, <laughs> don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. And just remember that, you know, you can be an example too. As a younger person, even if you have a mentor, like you can be an example sometimes to the person mentoring you. Um, I just really want to emphasize this idea that Will has said a few times that like this learning, it goes both ways. And, and one last scripture I do want to leave you with too is Luke eighteen sixteen. Um, this is actually a really important passage because it appears in Mark and Matthew as well, almost identically. And the people are holding back children from Jesus. There's a bunch of parents trying to bring their little children up to see Jesus just to touch him. And everybody's like, no, 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 get him back, get him back, get him back. Let the teacher do his thing. But Jesus says, no, let the little children come to me. Jesus valued the young children, even though others overlooked them. So as the older listeners are hearing this, uh, and when I say older too, even if you're in that 20 to 30 range, you could still mentor a high school kid. You could still mentor a middle school kid. You have a lot to offer. Remember that Jesus valued the younger kids. Well, what did I say? What did I say, man? Also, elementary school kids, they need mentoring too. No, Looks no, a little different. No, okay, you know what? Forget it, Will. Um, I, I might be scared of elementary <laughs> age kids, but they need they need some mentoring too. All right. It looks different, but yeah. Anyways, but the, the point is that Jesus, he, he really did value children. So I want to really encourage our, our, our listeners, if you're older than anyone in the church and you can offer some, some mentoring to them, consider taking it up. Consider taking up a mentor relationship with someone that you can teach. And if you're a younger person and you're younger than anyone in your church and you're not the oldest, then consider reaching out to someone who's a little older than you. Maybe they can mentor you. Maybe you can learn something from them. Go into it with love. Go into it with with open communication and a mindset of, I want to learn from you. If they're younger, I want your energy. I want your passion. I want to learn how to see the world through young eyes again. If they're older, then come into it with, I want to learn the life experience that you have. I want to learn what it is that you've been through that, that maybe you can guide me through. So just seek those relationships with people who aren't always your age. Seek out a way to learn whether they're older or younger than you and people that you can listen to and just help along in life. Thanks again for listening this week. We'd like to give a special thank you to Travis D'Amato for both our theme music and sound editing. If you like either, you can find and contact him at damatomusic 93 on Instagram. That's D-A-M-A-T-O.
Music 93. Remember to follow us on social media at Everyday Faith Podcast. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to share it. We're always looking for feedback to help us grow, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Faith Podcast.